So today, if you have your Bibles, go ahead, open them up to Hebrews 12. We're going to be in verses 1, 2, and 3. How many of y'all have run in any sort of race? Or have raced cars, trucks, bikes? What do you do to prepare for a race? you got to train. How about this, though? Imagine if you weren't allowed to train except once the race began. That would be a struggle. What kind of race is life? A sprint? No. It would be a marathon. And back during the day when the book of Hebrews was written, they actually had legit marathons, like Olympic marathons, 26.2 miles. Now, I wanted to find out what made a good race preparation. So here are some things you would need to know if you're going to run a good marathon. you got to build endurance, first thing. Then you got to build strength. And as you're building the endurance and you're building the strength, you build speed. That's the next thing you want to make sure you do. And there's certain ways that you can train to get that done. Then you need to stretch and rest. And that will take care of the body that you're going to be putting through the running. And then there's the pace. You have to make sure you know the right pace because what happens if you sprint too early in a marathon? You hit the wall. And what is the wall? This is a real thing that runners hit. It's this feeling that you are totally drained of energy. That's when you say, no, I'm not going to go through this anymore. I'm checking out. It's too hard. I can't go. I'm done. You ever see marathoners run and not finish a race? They no longer are eligible to say that they completed the course, that they finished the race. Right? Paul talks about that in Timothy. But they get this tag. You know what the tag says? It's got three letters on it. D-N-F. Did not finish. But it happens. Happens because person gets injured. Happens because, you know, they pass out along the way. or For whatever reason, they don't finish and they walk off. Christianity is the same way. And we're going to dive in to Hebrews 12. And I want y'all to be encouraged to run the race and to finish it. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we look at this text, we're going to look at a few different things. There's a great cloud of witnesses. And a lot of times people will preach this kind of topic and they'll be like, you know what? There's this crowd like you're in a stadium and it's thousands and thousands of people watching and cheering you on who have crossed the finish line before you. 
Maybe. Here's what we know. They are a group of witnesses, and if you go back and you look at chapter 11, it is like the hall of faith of all the saints that have gone on in the Bible. Folks that are remembered because of their faith. Their faith in the Father. Their faith in the coming of Christ. And now we see that there is a great cloud. Just think of that term, a cloud of witnesses. It's almost like they're looking down, cheering you on. But there are also the witnesses that ran the race before you. How many of y'all that raced remember that first time you raced? You might have been nervous or anxious about it. So what did you do if you're a junior high kid, you're on the track team for the first time, you're worried about the shorts because they're too long and the shirt is too big because you're too small and scrawny and it doesn't fit you. And you're nervous about it, so what do you do? You talk to one of the older kids that's run that race beforehand and they tell you, don't worry about it. Wait until you're on that last lap. When you're on that last lap in the mile, about 400 yards left, pace yourself, figure out where you're at, gauge it. And then you kick in that speed at the end so you cross the finish line with nothing in the tank. They might give you that lesson. I, I remember this story. I used to coach track many years ago. And there was a kid during the 800, 800, you're going two times around the track, right? Not exactly a sprint. He's an eighth grader. It's his first year running track. And I'm like, all right, man, you're going to run the 800. And he was doing it for the first time. He was trying to get points for the team. Love him because he was a team player. And everybody lines up getting ready for the gunshot to go off and start. And this dude gets down in a three-point stance, and he's ready to go. That gunshot went off, and he came out. And he made that first bend, and he made that second bend. And if you've run track, the 200, the 400, anything like that, you know that if you sprint the whole time, at the end, you're hurting. This dude made it about 250 yards before he was like, and he was about slowed down to almost a walk at that point. He didn't know how to run the race. Kind of wish he had a better track coach. First thing Jesus tells us is that we should lay aside every weight. You know what a lot of people do to train for running? They wear a weighted vest. I tried running one time marathon. I had a weighted vest. It was actually just a regular vest with a lot of pockets, and I stuck like donuts in there, and that's a lie. You go out and you train. Some guys will wear a weighted vest to run in to get their bodies used to moving. That creates strength and endurance and speed. Some people will just wear the ankle weights. They'll start walking, and then they start running. But if you're already in the race... The race begins when you get saved. When you become a believer in Christ, your race begins. And just like that kid I was talking about, sometimes you want to come out sprinting. And what happens to people when they come out sprinting? They hit that wall real quick. So we get to come out and we get to time it and we get to pace ourselves. And when you run, you want to make sure you're laying aside the weight. You don't want to be carrying extra stuff. How do they train soldiers in the military during boot camp? They have them run with all their gear. 30, 40, 50 pounds of gear, 80 pounds of gear, depending upon what their job is. They're carrying all that gear on their back, and they march 
And they run miles every day. That's their training. But your training is after the race begins. So since you're already going, there's no sense to carry the extra weight. What's the writer talking about here? He's not necessarily talking about sin right here. He's talking about the extra weight. The things that separate you and will hinder you from getting to the finish line. Things that become distractions. How many people got ADD in here? You're probably not even paying attention right now because you're thinking about squirrels outside. I struggle. The struggle is real sometimes. We get distracted as we go on the race. You get worried about the other people running past you. And you go, you know what? They're running faster than me. Man, should I be running that fast? But every single one of us is called to our own race. We each have our own marathon. And there's going to be some runners that have been running already for years when you just come out of the blocks. They've got their pace established. They're going. And you're thinking, i got to keep up with them. But you can't. Because you're going to fizzle out. So we lay our weight down, our distractions. The folks running in front of us, behind us. We're worried that we're not living up to them. Or that we're better than them. I'm so much faster than that guy. Well, that guy's been running the course for 71 years. And he's had a lot of life issues between here and there that have slowed him down, but he's still running. And you're just blowing him by. And you're thinking, man, look how great I am. Look at what a great runner I am. And that becomes that Christian pride. And that's a real thing. That Christian pride that gets out there, and it's not a good pride. It's not like, oh, Jesus is my Savior, He is my Lord. It's, look how great I am. Look how hard I'm working. Me, I. But here's the deal. The strength that you have to run that race doesn't come from you. It comes from Him. He's the one that keeps you on track. What's hindering your walk with God? What's hindering you? What are the weights around you that are slowing you down in this marathon? What backpacks are you carrying? It doesn't have to be sin right here. We'll hit that in a minute. But what are you carrying on that you need to shed? That you need to lay down? Is it a judgmental attitude? Is it hypocrisy in your life? Is it shame from the past that you just cannot accept that you've been forgiven? Is it stuff, the material things of this world? What's weighing you down? So he says, lay down the weights. And then he says, lay down the sin which ensnares you. How many times have you seen runners with like ropes hanging from their shoulders and neck. It could cause them to fall. It could snag their foot, their leg. So why would you go running with a noose hanging around your neck? Why would you do that? You wouldn't if you were actually trying to win. And the author here, Paul, says, lay down anything that's going to tangle up your feet and cause you to trip and stumble. That's the sin here. So what's the sin? Is it pride? Is it greed? Is it the lust? Is it some sort of addiction? 
I mean, what do you need to lay down that will ensnare you on your walk where you're trying to cross the finish line? And notice I keep saying walk because the marathon can be hit at a pace of walking. You know what happens if you walk across the finish line in a marathon? You still finish. Some people are going to walk because of the circumstances that they face going there. Some people are going to walk because they don't have someone alongside them encouraging them. Some people are going to walk because they just get distracted here and there. And in this marathon, you're running, you're going, you're faithful, you're enduring. And you just see some people standing in their lane, looking around, not really moving, they're just stopped. Eventually, maybe they'll start running again. But we've got to get it done. We've got to keep running. We've got to lay aside the weights, lay aside the sin, the ropes, the lines that can ensnare you. And then we see that he says to run with endurance, the race that is set before us. Run with endurance. How do you get endurance in the middle of a race that you're already running? You've got to actively figure it out as you're going, which isn't an easy thing to do. Imagine I put you out on a marathon and you just got to run the whole time. And I say, you're in a marathon and you got to get across the finish line. What if I didn't even tell you how far it was going to be? How are you going to run that? How do you know? you got to run with someone, right? And this is where having good friends that are believers to run alongside you, to walk alongside you, to make sure that you're not quitting so that you're not getting the big DNF. Do you have the support group around you to pat you on the back and say, hey, come on, big guy, let's keep going. We're going to win this thing. We're going to cross the finish line. Because in a marathon, you're not going to be the winner. The win is finishing. That's what we see here in Hebrews, and that's what we see in Paul's other writings to Timothy. Run the race. Train for it. Prepare for it while you're in it. So you train for the race, and you gain the endurance that you need by running with other folks. If I'm right next to someone, and we're just walking, and that person's walking faster than me by a step or two, what do I want to do? I'm going to kick it up a notch so I can keep up. I'm going to step faster and harder so that I can keep up with them. What are they training me to do and I don't even know it? They're training me in endurance. There's going to be a time when i got to stop for a minute and just stretch my legs and rest my legs and slow it down. And what do they do? Maybe they slow it down with me because they don't want to leave me behind because they care enough about me to say, hey, I'm with you through this race. Do you have that person in life that will tell you, hey, I'm slowing down with you, but we're going to have to pick it up again. If you don't, you are running this thing by yourself and God never intended you to do that. You are not this commando marathoner. That's not God's purpose. That is not why the church exists. The church exists so that you can have a relationship with others who are in the race so that you can come alongside them and nudge them on lovingly or they can nudge you on lovingly. And if you don't have that, please, I'm begging you, find someone that will run with you at least one other person. Ideally, you'd have a group of five, six, eight, ten, twelve. 
But you need that. Marathon clubs, do you ever hear those? Or running clubs or biking clubs? Those are folks who get together to spur one another on to train. They all may be training on different levels, but they get together to push one another. That's what we should be as a church. Strengthen one another, train one another. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking at Jesus is what it says. Verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If your eyes are on the finish line and you see Jesus at the finish line, keep running to Him. You put your eyes on Him, you keep your eyes on Him, and you run. And the only time you would ever take your eyes off of Him is to turn around and help someone along so that they can face that way and put their eyes on Him. Oftentimes, we run... We look at the finish line, and then we realize something. That's too far. And then we get distracted. The weights start pulling us down. The sin starts tripping us up. Next thing you know, we stumble. We get a skin-up knee, a skin-up hand, and our elbows sore. And now what? I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I got it in me because the finish line is so far away. In Christianity, you know, we live in the middle of the Bible Belt. That's not culturally cool to do that. So what do we do? We check out and we go through the motions. And there's a bunch of folks who have skin up, knees and elbows and hands because they've fallen and they got up and they're just standing there and they're checking out, but they're still just going to go through the motions. Because socially, it's not cool to be a part of a church and to just say that I'm the one that has issues and to say I'm struggling in my faith and to say, hey, I need y'all to pray for me. You know, I get more people telling me not to put their name on the prayer list on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning because of pride than I do people saying, you know what, pray for me. I got these issues going on. I want some people to pray for me. That is like insane to me. Because if you really believe that you have access to the throne room of God and all these other believers have this access to the throne room of God and you don't want them spilling their souls and their hearts out on your behalf before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I don't know if you really believe that. Which means I don't know if you really believe the Bible. Which means I don't know if you're really even in the race. There's so often this mindset of I'm going to go out and get it done and I'm going to do it my way. And we take our eyes off of the finish line. We take our eyes off of Jesus and we just run as hard as we can. We look at the ground. Because isn't that what you do when you run a race? You look at the ground, run hard, and you're running by your own might. But as the track curves and you keep running straight, what ends up happening? You're off course. I'm just going to keep going straight. I can close my eyes, grip my teeth, and just go. Next thing you know, you're not even in the stadium. There are folks that that happens to. And if you're one of those people, I encourage you, get back in. Understand that you've fallen, you've taken the lump, the bump, the bruise, and you got people who are willing to run with you. They may be younger, they may be older, they may look like you, they may not, but they are willing as long as you're willing to ask for the help. Jesus is the author, means he gave you the faith, and he is the finisher of your faith, means 
He is the one who will get you across the finish line. Not your own might, not your own strength, not your own doing. He starts it, he finishes it. He is the motivator. You're running a track meet, right? You look up into the stands, there's grandma and grandpa and mama and daddy and brothers and sisters cheering you on. Go! Go, Tony! And they're up there encouraging you. Jesus at the finish line is standing there with his arms wide open saying, I'm giving you the spirit to come to me. I want you to come to me. I want to throw my arms around you. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am going to prevent you from dehydration. I'm going to give you the energy that you need. And he's waving you on, encouraging you to come. Other believers encouraging you to come if you'll let them. Jesus isn't just the motivator waving you on, calling out to you, cheering for you. He's also the motivation. Because if your motivation is just to get across the finish line to say that it's done, that's totally different than saying, I want to get to the finish line because that's where Jesus is. Jesus is the prize. He's not just at the finish line. Being with Him is the prize. Why do people want to go to heaven? Because Jesus is there. That should be the answer. But so often people get tricked into going, oh, you know, the streets of gold, I just want that. I just want the everlasting life, and I really want to avoid hell, because that kind of sounds like a bad place. Sure, I'll pray this prayer. I'll do what I need to do to say that I'm right with the Lord. Whatever. But when Jesus is the prize, I don't care if i got to run through hell to get there. I don't care if the flames got to consume me and the demons got to follow me. I want Jesus. I don't care about streets of gold. Give me streets of dirt. I don't care about heaven and the 12 foundations of Jasper and Onyx and all these other rocks that I never even heard of. I don't want that. I want Jesus. I want Him. I want my Savior and my Lord to look at me when I cross the finish line and throw His arms around me and say, all I got is a shack for you. And I want to be like, I don't care. I'm with you. Because there's so many people running the race just to say they're going to hit the finish line. Just to say, I want the medal, I want the crown, I want the streets of gold. Great, wonderful, that's the bonus, but I want you to understand, the prize is Jesus. And if He's not the prize in this life, then you're going to be terribly disappointed when you get there. We see Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross. Y'all, we are to have endurance, and who do we look to? We look to Jesus at the finish line. We have the witnesses before us that cheer us on, who clap for us, who get us there. We learn from them. But then there's Jesus who endured the cross. He didn't run the race without the weights which we're instructed to throw off. He ran it with the weight. Do y'all see that? And he endured that. 
The race that was set before Him, which was entirely different than the race that was set before us. He carried that cross so that we didn't have to carry the weight in our race. He carried that cross and He got to the finish line, except His finish line wasn't there. With God the Father waiting and applauding, His finish line was the cross and uphill, up Golgotha, where they would drive nails into His hands, where they would beat Him, where they would scourge Him, where they would put a crown of thorns on His head. His finish line wasn't the Father cheering for Him, but His finish line, according to Isaiah, was God's wrath on Him. That's crazy. And he ran that race, endured the cross with joy. How do you run that race with the cross knowing what's going to happen to you? Crown of thorns, cross, laughing, spitting, people kicking you, making fun of you. The words don't mean anything at that point. But then God's wrath being poured out on you. How do you do that with joy? How do you do that with joy? By thinking of the finish line that you are opening up and you are opening the race for all to come after you so that they can have a right relationship with you, with the Father, to be filled by the Spirit. That's what gave Him joy as He carried that cross. That got Him across the finish line to know that you, sitting right where you are, with whatever attitude that you have, could have the opportunity to run that race. That's the joy that got him across the finish line. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And he hated and despised its shame. The cross was introduced as a death instrument. He knew the wickedness of man as he was carrying that cross. He knew the wickedness of man from before the foundation of time. And he knew the hearts of men and that they would devise such a torture instrument that he would one day hang in the human form on. And he despised it. But he carried it with joy. And he is seated at the right hand of God. He is now the ruler, sovereign over all things, in control of all things. Notice when he got there, he didn't cross the finish line and then keep going, Ooh, Father, I gotta do this and I need to do that and I gotta do, why? Because it is finished. He could sit down at the right hand of the Father where He rightfully belongs in control over all creation, knowing all things. That's the one that we serve. Verse 3 says, Remember Him, consider Him, and how much harder it was for Him when you're running. When your race is tough, consider Him who ran before you who endured the cross, despised its shame, ran it with joy, finished across that finish line. And I believe when he got to that finish line, he spiked that cross and said, I'm done with death so that you could have life. When your race is tough, remember his race. When your race is tough, don't be afraid to turn to someone behind you and say, hey, 
Can you just talk to me and pet me along? Pray with me as we run. Keep me going. Let's together put our eyes upon Jesus. Let's together run this race. Husbands, you ought to be doing that with your wives. Wives, you ought to be snuggling up next to your husbands and saying, I don't ever want to get off track on this race. Kids, encourage your parents to remember that they're in a race and you're learning how to run a race from them. Parents, look at your kids and understand there is no other competition in their life that will ever be more important than crossing that finish line. And whatever it takes to get them there, to nurture them along, do it.